and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Robert Rosenhack, the founder and CEO of luxury CBD brand, Lord Jones, who just announced its upcoming acquisition. In this episode, we talked to Robert about discovering his passion for cannabis, the complexities of CBD regulation, and introducing CBD to Sephora. Hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we have Robert Rosenheck, the founder and CEO of Lord Jones. Welcome, Robert. Thanks. Glad to be here. So, Robert, we're in um, a CBD craze right now, um, a cannabis craze. Tell us about the early days of Lord Jones when you first started. Okay, well, we are in the middle of a craze, um, and the craze has been brought about by a bunch of different things. But uh, we started to think about cannabis back in 2013 when the state of Colorado first legalized adult-use cannabis. But I could go back a little further. So uh, Cindy, my wife, and I, we co-founded the company together. We're originally from New York, and we moved to California in 2000. California was the first state to legalize medical cannabis back in 1996. And we became medical marijuana patients. We were always cannabis enthusiasts. And when we first became medical marijuana patients in California in 2000 and you went into a dispensary, it was a pretty seedy, pretty off the radar, pretty underground subculture. And we were very excited to be part of that subculture because at least it was legal. And in New York, it wasn't legal. So you went from having to acquire cannabis by illegal means to going to a doctor in California and getting a medical marijuana card and going into a kind of seedy but legal store. So back then when you went into a medical marijuana dispensary, uh, there really weren't any brands. If you wanted an edible, you got a cookie. It was very large. It was in a plastic bag with a staple. It wasn't really labeled. You didn't know what the potency was. You didn't know what the ingredients were. And it was a little bit like Russian roulette. So you'd go in and you ask for a recommendation. They'd give you the product, you'd take it home and it might be fantastic. You go back a week later, you get the same product by the same manufacturer, and it was totally different. And so it was a little bit like Russian roulette. So cut to 2013 when the state of Colorado legalizes adult-use cannabis, and Cindy and I looked at each other and said, this is the opportunity of a lifetime to take the skills we have from working in the food industry and the personal care industry, bring them to the cannabis industry, and make products that appeal to people like us, people who shop at Sephora, they're members of Equinox. They're professional people. They don't identify with the stoner stereotypes. They care about the ingredients that they eat. They care about what they put on their skin. And to elevate the category and make products that were aspirational. So when you think about that medical um, experience that you had, and obviously being on the medical side of the business as well, prior to your consumer-facing um, side of the business, what were the through lines? What were the things that you thought you could do better? What are the things that you thought you needed to keep um, core to what Lord Jones was going to do? So we had three tenets for the brand. The first was we wanted to make an aspirational brand. We want the packaging to be beautiful. We wanted the name to be catchy. We wanted everything about the packaging and the experience to signal quality. That was number one. 
Number two, we wanted the non-cannabis ingredients and the non-cannabis formulations to be best in class. So we wanted to use super high quality ingredients. We would use European fruit essences. We would use organic ingredients. And we would work with an experienced team of chemists and formulators and personal care experts to come up with our skincare formulations. And the third piece was cannabis superiority. So we wanted to source the finest cannabis that we could so that when you got a Lord Jones product, it looked beautiful, it tasted beautiful, it felt beautiful, and it gave you the desired result, and it was consistent every single time. Robert, when you think back to 2013, you know, Although you were thinking about both topicals and ingestibles at the time, you started with confectionery, and you thought it. You thought that that was, you know, a, a way in. Why? Why did you start there? It was very personal. So when I was a kid, I uh, suffered from depression, and I grew up in a conservative family. And my dad was a doctor, and they were very anti-drug. And I never used drugs. I never used alcohol. I didn't smoke. I went to college. And I started to gravitate towards people who did use recreational drugs. I thought those people were fun, and I wanted to be around them. They were happy, and uh, they were healthy. And so I started to hang out with them. But I still had this identity as someone who did not use recreational drugs. I didn't drink. I didn't use cannabis. And then uh, toward the end of college, I was with my friends, and they were always teasing me. And I... I but one day I was just, you know what, this is this is silly. I'm curious. I want to try it. And I smoked pot and I experienced something really profound. So people who suffer from depression and anxiety and they take SSRI, anti-depression medication, they often describe a veil being lifted or all the noise in my head gets lowered or I got in touch with my true self. And I felt that immediately after I smoked this marijuana. And... A couple years later, I had a rock climbing accident, and I fell, and I broke my ankle. I was on crutches for two years. It was a pretty severe injury. Um, I had surgeries, and I'm all better now. I get around just fine, but I have chronic pain in my ankle. And then later discovered that, wow, if I have this topical that's infused with cannabis and I put it on, it alleviates the pain. So those were the two inspiration points was uh, that cannabis had the ability to make my mental health improve, it had the ability to make my physical health improve. And that's, again, was really central to our decision to go into the cannabis industry and to create these products. Tell us a little bit about the skincare piece, because now, you know, everybody has a cannabis skincare line, whether it's hemp oil or CBD. Some people are trying to play with THC. How were you so forward thinking then that, you know, skincare was the next frontier and even this wellness proposition? That's an interesting question. So uh, back again, if you, in 2013, 2014, there was some data available in the medical marijuana dispensaries. And if you looked at it, uh, most people were buying cannabis flour. Uh, people started to buy cannabis concentrates and vape pens and edibles was a growing category. And if you looked at skincare, it was less than 1% of the sales in the medical marijuana dispensaries. When was this? 2013, 2000, um, um, 2013, 2014. Um, and so, you know, well, why would you want to go into the category that's less than 1% of sales? We just knew it worked. And again, at the time, the whole medical marijuana industry, as so far as it was an industry, was really geared towards 
a lot of the stoner stereotypes, high potency edibles. And uh, we just knew that there were consumers like you, like me, like our friends who were, you know, interested in culture, interested in aspirational brands, interested in health and wellness, and that this was going to become legal. It was going to become a movement. It was going to go mainstream. And we knew that skincare was going to be a big category because we knew personally that these things worked. We use these products and we knew that there were many more people like us who were not in the medical marijuana system that would eventually come in. And that's where we are today. You mentioned the word canicurious a second ago. And, you know, nowadays, Lord Jalen's is the only CBD brand in Sephora. You're in Soul Cycles all over the country. Who is your customer? Who is this man or woman that's coming to you? Um, I think it's anybody who's looking for solutions using CBD. So it's it's not just one demographic. I think it's a psychographic, and it is people who are curious. So cannabis and CBD are everywhere now. I, they're everywhere because of basically two milestones. One is all the work that's been done in the medical marijuana movement, the legalization movement of cannabis. Most Americans live in a state where some form of cannabis is legal, some form of THC. And the second is now we live in a country where CBD is legal. So in December of 2018, we passed a new farm bill. It was signed into law that legalized hemp and all of the derivatives of hemp federally. So now these products are more available. There are brands like ours and others that have gotten uh, notoriety. And so people are super curious and people are curious what these products do. What There's a, you know, there's a whole um, popular notion that cannabis is safe. It's safer than alcohol. There are people who want alternatives to chemical pharmaceuticals, and people are super curious about cannabis. So even though the Farm Bill passed in December, there's no regulation about how much CBD is in, you know, a skincare product versus an edible or versus, you know, a serum. So tell us a little bit about how you approach that when there are so many other supposed snake oil brands on the market. Yeah, you, well, you're identifying a number of, of, of issues and a number of problems and challenges. So the consumer is so far out in front of the regulators and the lawmakers, um, and the Farm Bill made hemp legal, but it also uh, looks forward to the federal government and state governments regulating it. And right now there isn't a lot of regulation and there isn't a lot of education. So people are hungry for education, and it's really falling on brands to educate people as to what the products are, what the dosages are, how do you use these products. So we definitely need more regulation. We need more education so that um, so that customers, consumers have this information available to them. What kind of information are you giving customers on your site? How are you staying ahead of that and being that resource? So we talk about how we source our products. We talk about the ingredients in our products. And most importantly, we test our products four times. We test our products for potency so that the amount of CBD in our products actually is correct. We test for pesticides so that people know that they're not getting hemp that was grown with pesticides. We test for chemicals and we test for solvents. So when the CBD gets extracted from the hemp plant, you can rest assured that it's chemical free. When you think about what the customer now knows and what they need to know, what's the 
what's the spread there? It's a it's a large spread. So um, people, uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. That's one of the downsides of, of or the main downside of not really having enough regulation. Uh, the good news is that most of the companies who are serious about CBD, they self-regulate. And we work together and we share information and we, we understand the responsibility we have to get it right. So I would say that most of the brands that you find in a store um, in large stores now um, are pretty responsible. You definitely want to make sure of a couple things. First of all, you want to make sure that the hemp that the CBD is derived from is from the U.S. and not from abroad. Uh, one of the problems is that the hemp plant really soaks up a lot of uh, the environmental toxins that it's surround it. So actually in Chernobyl, when they had the nuclear accident, the Soviets would plant hemp plants afterwards because it would draw up some of the radiation. There's CBD that comes from China. Uh, not all CBD that comes from China is tainted, but there's a lot of pollution in China. So there's the chance that those hemp plants are drawing in these chemicals. So you want to really try to find hemp that's sourced in the U.S. That's number one. Um, and the way that the uh, CBD is extracted from the hemp plant is super important. So you want to make sure that it gets tested so there's no chemicals or pesticides in the hemp plant and in the CBD you're consuming. And then you also want to make sure that you're getting products that are sourced with either a broad spectrum or a full spectrum CBD oil. Uh, and I would stay away from uh, products that have an isolate because an isolate uh, often comes from out of the U.S., although some can come from the U.S. And the other thing is that it's it's a cheaper, more refined kind of CBD. And you want a CBD that has the other phytocannabinoids and terpenes and constituents of the hemp plant because it helps make the CBD more bioavailable. Um, so those are the things to look out for. Robert, when you think about um, your retail partners, which have been you know kind of the more luxury or elevated um, retailers that we see uh, in the market, you know why did you partner with a Sephora or a SoulCycle when you know CVS is selling CBD now, Ulta selling CBD, American Eagle? Well, what I can say first about Sephora and SoulCycle is that those are both incredible companies. And they're visionary, and the people that we work with at those companies are really wonderful people. And so that's really important to us. But we also I re identify with the, the, the SoulCycle customer, and we identify with the Sephora consumer. And these are usually first adopters. They're wellness pioneers. They're influencers. They're people who are usually up on the latest things going on in the areas of health and wellness. So it was important for us to really partner with those companies, have strong partnerships, have our products available maybe in fewer doors than uh, some of those other retailers you mentioned, but create really strong alliances with those companies we want to make sure we're getting this right. We understand that we're at the birth of an industry, the birth of a movement, and so the people we partner with are really important to us. When you think about Sephora specifically, you know, you're not only building their CBD category, but you're also building their burgeoning clean category because you're being merchandised in both places. How important is that to um, put that forward for the customer? It's super important. So this is also very personal to me. So I've been part of the environmental movement for over 20 years. And uh, what I what I work on personally, 
uh, is I support an organization called the Center for Environmental Health based in Oakland. And the mission of the Center for Environmental Health is to take toxins out of the supply chain. So they work to take chemicals out of food and personal care and the land and the water and the air. And again, I've been doing that and volunteering with that group and contributing to that group for 20 years. So clean products, clean beauty is in my DNA. It was in my DNA before cannabis. So obviously we wanted to bring that to CBD and to Lord Jones and the products we make. Um, what's really great about that, great for me, is that CBD and hemp and clean beauty go hand in hand. They're natural products. They're plant-derived. Our formulations uh, are made with simple ingredients. We try to use as few ingredients as possible. So it's really exciting to me to be able to offer Lord Jones CBD products that are also clean beauty products. Um, and green beauty products. When you think about how important Sephora has been, and you know, last time we spoke, Robert, you said that you know retail um, and wholesale partnerships are going to become the bulk of your business in 2019 and into 2020. Let's talk about DTC for a bit for a minute. How has the online piece helped build the customer base? But also at the same time, there are so many restrictions there. So how are you navigating that? So, you know, Lord Jones started as a digitally native brand. It was built through our direct-to-consumer business, and we treasure that. We love our customers, and we love having a direct relationship with our customers. So not only can we offer excellent customer service because we're dealing directly with the customers, but we learn so much from them. We're constantly in a dialogue with them. We go back and forth and... Um, uh, getting feedback about the products, how they work, what customers want. So that direct one-on-one -on -one communication with the consumer is vital and it's core to our brand. Um, you talked about some of the challenges and limitations. So right now, uh, you're not allowed to advertise CBD, for example, on Google or Facebook or Instagram. But we never really relied on advertising. We really relied on earned media and uh, word of mouth from our consumers. So um, it's a challenge for most CBD companies because they can't advertise on these platforms. But uh we're storytellers, and because we have these direct relationships with our consumers, we really rely on word of mouth. And people love our products. We're very fortunate and very grateful to our consumers, and they help spread the word. Do you foresee Google and Facebook and even Instagram's regulations changing anytime soon? I do. I think that'll happen pretty soon. And Robert, do you feel that you know your retail partners also serve as that kind of second marketing channel, that second advertising channel, because they get to speak up for you in a way that you can't in some ways? Yes. So you know, one of the reasons that we decided to really partner with Sephora and uh, and work with them and and not work with some other uh, retailers um, and department stores uh, is because they're the preeminent beauty retailer in the world. These people are super smart. They're super progressive. They're super dedicated. They care about their consumers much the way we care about ours. So we saw great alignment there. Um, Sephora has this incredible commitment, as you mentioned, to clean beauty and green beauty, and that aligns. And um, you know, Sephora doesn't have the most stores, but they have very productive stores and incredible loyalty. So. If I'm looking at a distribution landscape, I'd rather go to someone who has uh, a really deep relationship and attachment to their consumers than rather than somebody who has a really wide but shallow 
kind of depth of feeling. You mentioned international a minute ago. You know, obviously Sephora has that in their back pocket. Is that something on the forefront for you? Definitely. So um, we're undergoing our European Union registration. And as soon as that uh, is finalized, which is pretty imminent, we'll be launching abroad. So we're really excited about that. Robert, with such a strong relationship with Sephora or any retailer for that matter, are you worried as a digitally native upstart to lose that connection with the customer? You know, that's a concern. Um, but we have we have we have a great many customers on our site. But working with Sephora, we're able to reach a wider audience. And that's part of our mission is to help educate people and spread the benefits of CBD. So Sephora is integral to that because they're a much larger company. But again, they share our values and they share the same kind of commitment to their customers that we have to ours. So we feel real confident that Sephora is a great steward of our brand. So you won't be launching exclusives with them per se yet, or will you be launching with them on your site first and then with Sephora? Most of our products come out on our site like a week or two before they hit Sephora. Um, but uh, again, I, I can't say enough about Sephora, really. So, you know, I'm not the most corporate person in the world, but this is, um, it's an organization. It's it's generally led by women, really smart, progressive women. Um and they're a great partner for us to have. Robert, the last time I heard is that, you know, Lord Jones was going to experience 900% growth in 2019. What numbers can you really share with us about how fast told you that? industry sources, how fast do you say that you guys are going to grow this year or next? So we experienced what I would characterize as explosive growth in 2018. Um, and when most businesses take off, you know, the moment they hit, they have a really big year. So um, our acceleration will decrease as the size of our company increases. That's normal. But it's still an incredibly dynamic space to be in. And, uh, and our company is growing rapidly. When you think about CBD just as a category and um, as a segment of the larger beauty and wellness space, there's so many people who want to get in it, whether it's an Estee Lauder companies or, you know, private equity. Do you think a company needs to be CBD through and through or do you think a brand can sell CBD products like, say, a Kiehl's or an Origins? Well, they are. Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, I, there's lots of ways to do things in life, right? There's not one path. And most successful entrepreneurs, they create their own path. I can't really speak to what other companies do and what other companies plan, and there are lots of roads to success. But for us, we're a CBD company. That's what we do. That's all we do. So every one of our products has all of our experience and all of our learnings and all of our consumers in mind with one focus. How do we deliver the highest quality CBD in the best formulations? That's all we do. Robert, when you think about where Lojorns started on the medical side, you also offer THC at one point. Is that where you want to go in the future? Is that something that you think you can add to the assortment as cannabis, cannabis becomes more mainstream? Yeah, so uh, the challenge there is that there's a completely different set of laws and regulations governing THC and CBD. So we started as a THC company, and then we started to sell THC products on one side and CBD products on the other. And then we 
stop making THC products, and now we make only CBD products. So right now, that's the opportunity for us. That's where our focus is. Uh, but we definitely intend to return to THC one day. Uh, but that's really dependent on how all these laws develop. And we work actively with uh, with regulators and lawmakers on the local, state, and federal level. One day, I predict, I hope, that all of these laws sort of come together in one system. Because if you look at THC, it's a molecule. It's a constituent of the cannabis plant. CBD is a molecule. It's a constituent of the cannabis plant. So I think the the proper way to regulate these molecules is to look at them all on a spectrum. They all come from one plant, and there should be one set of rules. And when that happens, we'll definitely get back into the THC space. Um, I think that all the different molecules in the in the cannabis plant and have a purpose and a benefit, and we want to be uh, a cannabis company that provides all of these different parts of the cannabis plant to our customers. One more question on THC. When you think about um, how the customer views it, you know, especially in the stoner culture um, world or or worldview, you know, people are afraid of THC because it is supposedly psychoactive and has those kind of effects on them. Do you think within beauty and wellness there is a benefit? Definitely. Definitely. So I think that, you know, first and foremost, THC is still a Schedule One drug. CBD is from hemp is no longer. So there's going to be more research that's done on CBD than THC. Eventually, uh, THC will catch up and we'll get more research on that. But I definitely believe there are lots of benefits to THC we don't fully understand. Last question, Robert. You know, there are other cannabis players in the space that toe the line between CBD and THC, whether it's a MedMen or a Bebo who just recently who recently launched Bebo Therapies, their skincare line. How would you compare yourself to those others in the space? Those are both great companies. There's a lot of great companies in the CBD and THC industry. And, uh, you know, it's really important that we all work together and we are working together. And I know uh, the founders of both of those companies. And uh, the, the people often say, who are your competitors? How do you compare? Blah, blah. You know, um, I think it is a sea of collaboration. We work together more than we compete. We're all building an industry together. And as, as we've been discussing, there's a lot of law that needs to catch up. There are a lot of regulations that need to catch up. Consumers need to be educated. Products need to be safe. And we all need to work together to make sure that we have an industry that's strong, that serves the needs of the consumer. And um, we're all working together on that. So there isn't a race to the finish just yet? It's the journey, not the destination. Thank you so much, Robert. It was great having you. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. If you've been enjoying the Glossy Beauty podcast, be sure to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It helps new listeners discover us. And to keep up with all of Glossy's beauty and fashion news, make sure to follow us on social media at Glossy Co. We'll talk to you next week.